I'm your host, Erin Groves, and this is where your positivity journey starts. Welcome to the Pop Podcast. Hey, 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 guys, and welcome back to the Pop Podcast. Happy Monday. Hope everyone had a fabulous, fabulous weekend. The two-day weekends are not long enough, but here we are back to the work week. And I did not do too much this weekend. I feel like ever since my birthday, I've just kind of just been hanging out, not doing much. I was out on Friday, which was fun. I hung out with some of my coworkers and then met up with some of my friends after. So it's always nice to have one evening out. And then I was out during the day yesterday and then kind of just chilled last night, which was super nice. So, and here we are on a beautiful 90 degree day in Dallas, Texas on a Sunday. So this episode I am so excited for, and I sound like a broken record every time I have a guest on, but health and fitness is my passion. It's something I've been passionate about for the last, what, eight years now, and I've always just been an athlete like I've talked about on previous episodes, but I really truly think I noticed the most change internally when I really shifted what I was putting into my body And that is who we have on today. She is a holistic nutritionist and the older sister of one of my really good friends, Sophia. Thank you, Sophia, for the recommendation. And she is so passionate and so knowledgeable on this topic. I was at a loss of words sometimes because I was taking so many notes and I'm going to have her back on for a two-part because she we couldn't cover everything in an hour-long episode. It could have been, what, two or three hours. And she just knows so much. And I think it's hard to get started sometimes. There's just so much information. And she gives really good tips on little things to do. Maybe try eliminating certain things that, you know, for me, gluten, dairy never sit well, even though I eat it oftentimes on the weekends. So she just gives so much knowledge. And I am very, very grateful that she is on the podcast today. So it's time for me to be quiet and let's get into the episode. Hannah Nicholson is our guest. Exactly. That is it. It's one of those challenging things. Changing your name never actually ends up happening, I feel like, these days. So um, thank you very much, Erin. I am really excited to be here. Um, Like you said, I um, I focus a lot on Uh, holistic health. I'm actually a functional medicine trained health coach um, with a focus specifically uh, with women that are in the preconception period of their life, um, prenatal period, so pregnancy, um, and also postpartum. Uh, But today I'd love to talk about the preconception piece in a little bit more detail with your audience. Um, And really that's defined as any time prior to having a baby. So a lot of times um, preconception care is not, it kind of goes out the door. So I'd love to chat about that today, but um, to start, I'll give a little bit of introduction on myself. So I already said that I'm a functional medicine health coach. Um, I became, I wasn't always a health coach. So I actually um, worked for a big corporation. You've probably heard of them. Um, Their name is Amazon. Um, I worked for them since graduation uh, up until about a couple months ago. So I was there for about eight years. Um, I worked in a very high stress environment. So fulfillment operations, supply chain management, I dabbled in, um, learning career development, leadership training. Um, and then most recently I was working in their healthcare space on their expansion that they're doing. Um, but during the last couple of years, um, I actually had a, a catalytic event that occurred and, 
um, it kind of guided me into the path that I'm on now. Um, and since then, there have been a couple other catalysts that have kind of pushed me into my niche in this market space. But um, I was so in May, well, actually, end of April of 2019, I was diagnosed with MS. So that's called um, or multiple sclerosis. Um, so I had had a lot of sickness leading up to that. Um, the year prior, I had had like event after event after event that was um, stressful. So I got engaged, we got married, we moved states. Um, we bought a house, we renovated the house, we did the backyard, we did a lot of things. And I started to get sick actually on our honeymoon, um, which kind of spiraled into, it was at the end of December of 2018, spiraled into the next year, um, started having weird symptoms. I had strep throat a couple of times, was given a couple of rounds of antibiotics. I had some weird symptoms leading up to it where I started to feel numbness in my body, um, tingling in my feet and my hands. And I was actually, I was also doing yoga teacher training at this point in time. And there was just this one event where I remember I was doing plow pose and all of a sudden I felt tingling down my entire body. And I walked out of there and I said, there's something wrong. Um, so the next couple of days, I kind of watched it. And my husband was in PA school at this time, ironically enough, um, doing a thesis on MS. Um, funny how the world works. Mm -hmm. But I, um, I decided, I was like, I need, actually my mom said, you probably, you need to go to the ER. And I usually don't do that, I guess. Um, so we went to the ER. Uh, they thought that it might just be a disc slip or something like that. Um, but I, I remember sitting in the hospital room. I had to stay there overnight. They decided they wanted to do, to do an MRI and it came back positive for MS because of the lesions that they found in my brain and my spine. Um, and so that's one way that they diagnose it. And then they add in a couple of different things um, as well. They do a couple of other tests, like a spinal tap, a couple of things. Um, and I came back positive for it from like an every inflammatory marker that there was. Um, and I remember the first thing that I asked in that room to the doctor when they told me that was, can I have children? And he was like, yes, actually having children and um, can help with MS. It can actually um, bring down the inflammation in your body, kind of reset your brain to an extent. And everything that they said was of course, like you're gonna need to take drugs forever. You're going to, um, you're not, it's not going to fix the problem, but you know, it can help it. And the drugs are definitely going to help suppress the symptoms, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that same day, and it's kind of crazy that it worked out this way. And cause I, my cousin and I had never stayed in like contact on a regular basis, but that next day my cousins or cousin reached out and he's like, Hey, have you heard of functional medicine? My wife works for a functional medicine doctor and I really think you should check it out. And um, so he sent me all of this information on a functional medicine. He connected me with his wife, whose name is also Hannah. Um, and we started talking and um, she consulted the doctor that she works for. Um, she was actually training to be a health coach at the time as well. And so she provided me all of this amazing material. And I'm like, holy crap, we treat everything in medicine and conventional medicine as a symptom. And then it progresses over and over. And I was like, there's finally something, some type of medicine that is practicing like root cause. And so from there, I worked in a functional like setting with Hannah and Dr. Beard, who I actually work for now as well. Um, and uh, we 
literally got to the root cause of a lot of my problems. Um, stress being a big piece of that, nutrient deficiencies, an imbalanced gut microbiome. That was a huge one. Um, my sleep was pretty good, to be honest. Um, but we, we got and, and birth control. Birth control was a huge one. Knocked down my nutrients, killed my gut microbiome, threw off my hormones. Um, and uh, so as soon as they shared some of this information with me, I was like, stop the pill, stop the pill right now. Um, and then also I did a lot to heal my body over that period of time because I did have a goal of getting pregnant within ideally the next, well, I told my mom nine months to a year. And I told everyone nine months to a year, but ended up being about six months that we started trying. Um, but I wanted to, I, I, as I started to dig into the research and I realized I, I can't have a baby being sick like this. Like I, it would be irresponsible for me to create a child with my husband, of course, and, um, and pass along my health to this child in the current state that it is. So um, that was a huge catalyst to me making a lot of the changes and a huge also kind of kick in the butt to actually make the health changes during that time. Um, and it also sparked me signing up to be a functional medicine health coach. So um, I, I, within that period of time, I actually started um, my training program and I just finished it um, about eight months ago. Um, but during that time, I did have the opportunity to work some, with some clients. I learned a lot more, obviously, throughout pregnancy about pregnancy. I learned about preconception and the fact that um, your gut health, you literally can seed your body throughout pregnancy and as you birth a child. Um, and I... I just like fell in love with the space. So um, now I work with Dr. Beard. I specifically have a program called Pregnancy and Beyond where I work with women in preconception. Um, and there, that's anywhere in preconception. We recommend ideally coming in at least three months beforehand. Um, the, the best like sweet spot space is um, six months to one year beforehand but we work with women in all stages. And um, we also help a lot. We get a lot of clients that come in that have had trouble trying to conceive. Um, and we work with them to reduce the inflammation in their bodies and, and truly um, find what their optimal version of health is because it is not the same for everyone. It's not just one diet fits all. It's not keto, it's not paleo, it's not low carb. Um, it's very important to figure out what works for you specifically. And like I said, uh, not one size fits all. I could not reiterate that enough. Yeah. Well, first off, I mean, there's so many things in that. I was just sitting here taking notes, but I will go down kind of like the preconception route, but I think why I've always been so passionate about health and fitness and my sister got diagnosed with Crohn's disease and you know, I think there's a lot of studies and stuff show that like she was on a lot of antibiotics when she was little that disrupted the gut, which then could have led to that, which I don't want to quote her doctor, but I think there's something that came out that like her doctor told her, like, we think that's the reason why. And it's just so interesting because I think that you go in for a headache or whatever it is. And they're like, here's this medicine to treat this thing, but they're never going back to that root of the issue. And I will get sick occasionally. But the second that I switched my entire lifestyle, like six years ago, 
my acne got better. Is it all way better? No, I still have skin issues, but I mean, there's just so many things that I feel like we're just not taught that I think is the base of it all. And like you kind of mentioned with gut and I know with like probiotics is something that I just started taking because I've seen so much research on it. So that's kind of what the first place that I want to start is when you refer to the gut, obviously I know mind, body, soul, everything's connected, but you hear that a lot. And there's controversy around some people are like, Oh, it doesn't matter if your gut's healthy, Not that it doesn't matter, but there's not as much as an emphasis versus you're saying, you know, take care of your gut. That's kind of where everything stems from. So will you elaborate on that a little bit more? Yes. Yes. So, um, in convention, so first off, like conventional doctors in Western medicine, like it's phenomenal. Like what we have done in the emergency medicine space and the um, space of like cures for diseases is a really great piece. So I don't want to downplay that at all and downplay the importance of having that in our, in our like society. Um, however, when you give a doctor 20 minutes in their schedule to have a 10 minute appointment, take five minute notes, five to 10 minutes of notes, and then go on to the exact, that next patient, they can get up to 20 patients in a day. And so they don't have the time to actually work with you. And that's where if you do choose to work with a functional practitioner or a functional health coach or nutritionist, um, they have the time for you for that. Um, so the gut microbiome, there have been a lot of studies in the last 25 years and Typically, it takes about 20 years from a, a study to come out to actually hit mainstream medicine. So you are seeing a lot more of conventional practitioners refer to the gut now and refer to these studies, which is phenomenal as well. Um, but uh, the gut microbiome is studies have been out and like come out in the last 20 years or over the last 20 to 25 years. And um, it is literally your digestive tract, if you like to think of it that way. Um, and we have found that in the microbiome, we're holding anywhere from 60 to 80% of your immune system. So the cells are actually in your microbiome. Um, the cells are, there are brain cells in your microbiome and gut as well. Um, and so if you think about that, everything that you eat and that you're putting into your body that then goes into the, the digestive tract is impacting your health. It's impacting your mental and emotional health. It impacts your thoughts that's going through. Um, not sure if you've ever eaten um, something and then, and this is, this goes more into like intuitive eating, but if you eat something, you might, you might recognize that your emotions and moods change. For me, I eat brown rice and I get kind of angry, which is really weird. Um, <laughs> my husband's noticed it. Um, so uh, it can also impact your, how you feel, like physically feel. You can create um, lethargy, fatigue in your body. It can create obviously stomach pains and muscle aches. So in like diseases like Crohn's and um, uh, UC or ulcerative colitis, um, those types of things can result in like inflammation in your bowel tract and like stomach, like actually pains going on that you're feeling throughout your digestive system. Um, and then you can also impact your immune system with this. So um, an example of this is I have a sensitivity to soy. I recognize this. So I've done extensive like elimination stuff because of the MS stuff. Um, I swear the other day, so I had soy the other day because I just, I knew I was going to, you know, accidentally, like, I, I mean, I knew what was going to happen, but I didn't know it was going to happen this way, but I had soy and it hit my immune system hard. Um, and I got sick. Like I got the stuffy nose. I got the like, you know, congestion, the like, oh, I'm exhausted type of feeling. And it just, it hit me hard. And I know like, this is just one thing I can't do. Um, 
And so it like your, your gut health can also control, it, it's also connected to your reproductive health, which is important to recognize. And um, if, you, if you look back historically um, at the birth rates and birth trends, I'm gonna point specifically to um, the period of World War II. So our body knows when um, we are in a position to reproduce. So the reproductive system is going to be the last system that turns on after health, like after you work on your health. So you work on your gut, you decrease your inflammation, then your reproductive system is going to turn on. You work on your stress levels. Um, and so in World War II, if you think about it, these families and women were like in a very high stressful situation. Their nutrient levels were extremely low, especially in, especially in Europe. Um, the depletion was going on or like the depletion of everything in their soils and what they were rationed out to eat, it was not enough to actually support the birth of children. So you see that that rate go down. Um, and it's just fascinating what our body does and what our body needs in order to actually run the right way in that interconnected um, system between, you know, the gut microbiome, nervous system, um, reproductive system, everything. It all it's all attached together. So um, yeah, the, the, the gut controls everything. And most people have some type of leaky gut or dysbiosis going on. Um, you can, some symptoms that pop up, I mentioned like how you feel. Those are some symptoms. Those aren't necessarily normal, but they're common. Um, gas, bloating, um, headaches, huge ones, anxiety, depression, these things aren't normal. Um, and it's sad, but we, they're so common that we think they're normal, but there's a difference truly between what is normal and what is common. Um, and so everyone has some type of leaky thing going on and there's always something we can be doing to heal our gut. I don't know anyone that has a hundred percent of like a perfect gut. Um, but there's definitely that point that we can get you to that 80 to 90% level where your body or body is operating optimally and you're essentially like biohacking yourself which is kind of cool yeah and it's so interesting because I feel like a lot of this stuff that I've learned honestly a lot of it just through listening through like to podcasts and I know we're going to touch on birth control in a little bit but I mean for me I always and my mom always says like gluten and dairy never have sat well with me if I am going out to dinner and it's like they're going to get pizza you know what you're getting into but it's funny because I always feel different after I eat it. I feel sluggish. I feel bloated. I just don't feel well. And then the next day, it's just like, I just, my stomach's upset and I feel like I, I need a whole reset. And that actually happened to me last week. And it's funny because every time people ask like, how do you eat so healthy? My response is always, that's when I feel the best. And I'm someone that likes to operate at, I mean, I'm naturally high energy, but I like to feel good. And when I have energy, when I'm like, I can focus better. So many things that I just, and it's hard to explain because I feel like people think I'm crazy. Sometimes they're like, <laughs> now yeah. there's more studies and more talk about it than ever. I think we're living, you know, with social media, podcasting, everything, you're giving more information, which I've talked about a lot on this podcast, but it's just so interesting how everything really truly is connected. And both you and I are yoga instructors. And it was really then in that moment that I realized like truly your mind, your body, and your soul are connected in if one thing is off, the rest of your body truly is off and mm -hmm. segmenting right into the birth control 
I had talked about this on a previous episode and it was probably this time last year that I just felt whack. I had gained like eight or nine pounds. I knew my hormones were off. I was just feeling sick when I would go to run. I literally couldn't run like it, like hurt in my bones. And I remember calling my mom and I'm like, it just, it was right before COVID. I'm like, I just don't feel like myself. I haven't felt like myself. I felt very anxious. And like you mentioned with the timing, I just listened to a podcast and they were the doctor on there was an OB talking about, you know, birth control and all this stuff. And everything she was saying was everything I did. <laughs> and my mom for years had been telling me like, I didn't do well on birth control, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't need it. I'm like, yeah, I'm not in a serious relationship. I it's just, sorry, my mom's listening. Um, but I just didn't need it. Like, I'm like, I just, there's no point of me being on it. It does help a lot with acne, which is one thing that I, you know, kind of miss, but the side effects were just insane. And the second I got off of it within three weeks, I lost eight pounds and I've never felt better. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned it like your body. So I always tell clients and women that I work with, like your body wants to operate or optimally, um, your body wants to heal. And when you put something into your body that is not meant to be there, you do not have a hormonal birth control um, deficiency, just letting everyone know that you do not have a deficiency of an IUD. Your body was not necessarily made for that, but when you put something into your body that impedes it, or that changes how it is optimally meant to function, you are going to change a lot of different things. And you might not recognize like the, the, the purpose of the hormonal birth control may be to what, or what you've been told is to regulate your periods. Well, like, uh, hate to break it to everyone. You don't actually have a true period when you're on hormonal birth control, you stop ovulating. Um, so that's one thing that it might be to do that. Um, it might be because you've had painful PMS symptoms. Also another break it to y'all. Um, PMS is also not normal. It's very common. You can get your cycle under control to the point where you have zero PMS, like zero mood swings, zero, zero changes in your breast tenderness. Like that's not normal. It's common, but not normal. Um, it might be to regulate acne again, though, Erin, not normal <laughs> if you're still having it. So we can chat yeah. a little bit more about that too. Um, and we, of course, birth control was meant for contraception in the past. And it was a phenomenal invention for women to, bring more power, I guess, to us and in regards to what we thought we could do, but it also suppresses our hormones Mm -hmm. to the, and it changes our hormonal levels that we've never learned in the past to operate on this like 28 day cycle and truly begin to like sync with our hormones. And if we did, we'd be powerhouses. Like men operate on the 24 hour circadian rhythm cycle women operate on something called like an infradian cycle, which is that 28 day period. And it's similar to the man cycle of like in the morning, they wake up, their testosterone's a little bit higher. So we know what goes on when that happens. Um, and at the <laughs> end of the day, it drops super low and they want to be going to sleep, vegging out in their man cave. Well, women operate like in the first week of their bleed or their menses, they're up, they're tired, they're exhausted. It's their time to reset. Um, the second part of their period, 
they are actually, or not second part of their period, the second part of their cycle, they're actually more energetic. Mm-hmm. And when they ovulate, they're great at speaking. So as you can tell, as I'm messing up my words here, I'm not in my ovulation period mm-hmm. of my cycle right now, but it's, it's pretty amazing. Like if we actually scheduled our lives around that and we did not have birth control to impede us, we could be doing some pretty amazing things in this world. I'm not saying we aren't as women, but it's, it's a pretty cool um, idea behind that. And it, we're not here bashing people that are on birth control. Oh, not I'm saying, I think we've all and, done it. <laughs> yeah. And it's your, I mean, you're caught to a place and it's not, you know, I have friends that are married and they were, I mean, obviously they were on it, you know, again, no judgment there, but it's just, you're kind of at a place where you're like, okay, if I'm not ready to conceive, but like, you know, you're kind of like, what do you do? And I think there's a lot of, and you and I talked about this previously that it's again, kind of just like, here's this, cause it's going to solve it for the short term. And even for me personally, I think if there was a time and a place and I needed it again, it's, you know what I mean? Not that I'm a hundred percent against it. I just, it's hard to kind of, I don't know if we've come to the place or maybe you'll disagree with this, where there's a solution for a healthy alternative way to, I know tracking your cycle, but I don't yeah. Know and condoms. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, <true. laughs> yeah, to be honest, like, why does it always have to be on the women and impacting the women's health? But I do agree with you. So, um, it's tough because, um, and it goes back to, again, like the ease of popping a pill or the mm-hmm. ease of having an IUD versus, truly getting in tune with your body and our society hasn't made that the norm. Um, we operate at such a fast pace. It's easier to take that pill or Mm -hmm. it's easier to, you know, put the IUG in. Um, but, and also the control aspect of it, like you are going to be, have your most sexual drive during the period of time that you are most fertile. So it's also being able to control that too. Um, But a couple of resources for tracking your cycle, like I always recommend to clients, um, I have two books that I, or three books that I recommend. So um, In the Flow by Elisa Vitti is a phenomenal book to learn about your cycle, as well as to also learn about the various stages of it, how your body operates in that, um, how you can like reduce those PMS symptoms too. And then same with um, Beyond the Pill by Dr. Jolene Brighton. She's an OB and a naturopath, she's phenomenal. Um, and then for actually like old school, like if you really want to dig into tracking your cycle, like, like truly become good at it. Um, there's a book called taking charge of your fertility and you learn about like tracking your cervical mucus and tracking your basal body temperature to see when you are or are not fertile. Um, I like, I, when people use these methods in the right way, they are effective. That's mm-hmm. the, the, the thing is when they deviate and when they are not um, in tune or not, not diligent enough, that's when you can have essentially like a condom breaking or contraceptive mishap there. Um, but I, I would always, I, one of the things that we always recommend at Dr. Beard's office is like to, to truly like do a little bit of research on your own as well. And we provide those resources, but um consider alternatives to hormonal birth control because of how it impacts your body in so many ways. And if you are taking birth control, um, um, bump up your B vitamin intake, like a good Mm. B complex is extremely important because it depletes your nutrients, um, your your B vitamin nutrients and um, consider 
switching over, if, if at least nothing else, at least switch over um, to a copper IUD. But even, even a copper, like non-hormonal IUD um, is something that is, it's a foreign object in your body. It's not meant to be there. Uh, yes, because I actually had another friend that had that, but hers were, her side effects were almost worse. Like she started getting dandruff. I mean, yep. it can still just, cause things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's just, it is no one, no one hands you this. So not, I'm not saying not all doctors do this, but the majority of doctors, when you go in, they'll hand you the sheet. Highly recommend you, you read the insert to that birth control that you're going to take or the IUD that you're going to take. Most people don't. And they'll say, okay, maybe you might have some cramping, some light spotting. Um, but the, what they don't mention is the depletion of your vitamins and nutrients and how that impacts you and fertility later on as well. Um, so I just highly recommend like doing your own informed consent version and making sure that you truly know what you're getting into. Yeah. And that was one thing I think why, where I was frustrated is because I felt like everything else almost was off. Like, I mean, my hormones and my emotions definitely were off. And I talked about it with, you know, a few of my friends and I just felt like I was either really, really high or really, really low. Or I also felt like I just had no emotional reaction to some things like it just, I was just not like, I didn't really care, not care for people, but I felt like even like romantically, like I was just like, eh, like it, I don't know. I just didn't feel like I was myself and I didn't yeah. really realize it. I thought it was stress. Cause I just moved to a new city. There's so many different things going on. I just had no idea. And I actually, I didn't read the book flow. One of my friends did, but I used the app and I've been yeah. tracking mine and it's crazy how accurate it is. Once you really start to like, I notice my energy levels and it always says like, you go for a run or do these things. And it really is so true. And I've never been someone that's really gotten into it, but from just like an overall health perspective and just again, like optimizing. And for me, this sounds like kind of crazy, but like optimizing my results in my workouts. So how can yeah, I be the best totally. or like, when can I train to be at this place at this time? And I mean, it does give you like, there's certain days that you're fertile or that you're not fertile. So if there's people out there that are, you know, if you're like me and you're obviously not trying to conceive, or maybe you are, I know that I've heard of not me personally, but people that have used it and it obviously it works. Cause it kind of gives yeah. you that window of, yeah. And it gives you the padded window too. You're not just saying, it's not just saying like, we think you ovulate on this day. I mean, if you truly want to 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 make sure too, like you're doing uh, LH tests, which are like, which is the luteinizing hormone, which can like signal ovulation in your body. So, you know, and it learns what that cycle is specifically for you. Yeah, I know. And there's so much, and that's exactly why I wanted to have you on, because I just think there's so many things that you just don't know. And it's platforms like this, that there's education on it. And this is one of the things that I had written down in the topics that I wanted to cover. And when your sister reached out to me, I was like, this is perfect just because there's so much education. And I think some, it, it can be one-sided. And it's up yeah. to you at the end yeah. of the day. And this is what, this is my favorite thing about this platform is that you can pick and choose what the content that you want to consume, but at the end of the day, you're making an educated decision for yourself. And, you know, obviously for me, birth control at this point in my life just is not serving me. I don't need it. I am, am, am not someone that can handle it. I started getting headaches and I just think too, and this is a good question for you are like long-term effects. And that's something that honestly started freaking me out because 
I wouldn't have periods for months at a time. And sometimes there's two points in my life where it was like over a year. And I started getting concerned that I was never going to be able to have kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And those long-term effects too. I mean, um, like from a a medical perspective, I'm not going to like speak to it, but those, the books that I recommended are, can definitely be helpful there. We have like the nutrient depletion. If you think about what, how that adds up for a long period of time for your body, and then you go off the pill or you go off your IUD and you're like, I'm ready to get pregnant tomorrow. Okay. Even if your body can get pregnant at that point in time, it doesn't mean it's the right time to get pregnant because if you're already depleted in your B vitamins and those B vitamins impact the baby's development, how's that going to work? Like you're basically playing catch up during that period of time. Um, also the long-term hormonal effects of like imbalance of your period. So if you went on birth control, which is so common when you're like 16, mm-hmm. 17 years old, because you had acne or because you had like most of the time, it's because you had, um, like really painful periods, um, really heavy bleeding, um, something that was never figured out, like the root cause of why, when you go off that 20 years later, wh- what's that to say that this just fixed your period, you're going to likely have to be figuring out those, that root cause of why again. Um, it's yeah, it's just a, it's definitely a topic that I love to talk about. Um, and for women that are looking to conceive, uh, we recommend like six months minimum off of the pill or off of hormonal birth control, IUD taken out to help amp up your body, um, with the nutrient stores that it needs with the hormonal balance. That's important for pregnancy, making sure that you have the right levels of estrogen and progesterone in balance. That doesn't always mean lab testing at all either. It just means like, Hey, let's, let's track your cycle for a little bit. Let's figure out when you're ovulating. Let's talk about what your body's doing in each of these, the, the, um, follicular and luteal phases. Are you holding enough progesterone to have a healthy pregnancy or eventually down the road? Are you having trouble getting pregnant? And if so, let's really dig in then to the lab work as why as to why. Yeah. And I, that was one thing that I never really understood until I was having issues because I didn't understand like why my acne was getting so much worse or like, I was just having so many symptoms. And I went to like three different doctors and one of them was testing my thyroid. Cause my mom had thyroid cancer. So they're mm-hmm. like, okay, we just kind of want to rule that out to make sure you don't have hypothyroid. Uh, and then they did some, te- some tests and everything was coming back normal. And that was really like being on birth control really was the only thing that I could think of that I'm like, I mean, I'm on asthma medicine, but I've been on that for my whole life. And I literally can't come off of that because I have the terrible asthma. Um, and so it's just like, there's so many things that just weren't adding up. And my mom's like, I'm telling you, this is what it is. And listen to your mom. <laughs> yeah. It's one thing I learned exactly. in my life. <laughs> they know a lot. They totally know a lot for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, it's, it's crazy too, because not that it's controversial, but it is, I think you know, 10 years ago, a lot of people weren't talking about it and it's not, I've never was someone that was comfortable talking about this stuff really either until I came and had my own issues and, you know, just felt like crap. And for someone that like, I was an athlete my whole life, I wasn't used to not being able to optimize at a certain level or not be able to like work out a certain amount of times. And I'm not an anxious person. And I was feeling so anxious and just like, it, it, it just wasn't myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And your body changes as you, as you age as well. So 
you're only like 25 ish. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 But it does change. I mean, your body's going to be different and your mind's going to be different at age 18 than it is at 25 or 35 or 45. Um, and, um, it's just, it's so interesting how like your body is essentially growing with birth control, which is, yeah, which is hard, hard on it. And so for people out there that are listening and maybe they're most of my audience is, you know, around my age or a little bit older. So if there's people out there listening that are more towards my age, it's going to be kind of a two, two part question. Yeah. The first is like my age that are not, you know, wanting to conceive or they're single or mm-hmm. they're in a relationship or maybe even they're married and they're just like, there's just no way. What do you recommend if they're at a rock and a hard place with birth control or going down that route? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I would always recommend look up the alternatives to hormonal birth control specifically. Um, there's a lot out there. There's, I'm not going to go through all of them, but for example, like condoms are one option. Another option are, is tracking your cycle and being, um, diligent to abstain during the days in your cycle. And when it gets down to it, it's not a lot of days. So like during the month that you can actually get pregnant. So when you learn your cycle and you learn your, um, I'm going to call them symptoms or like the signs. When you learn the signs of you being fertile, you abstain. Um, and I highly recommend for everyone to read um, those books that I mentioned. We'll link them in the show notes, I think, um, if we can do that. And from a nutrition, like a nutrients perspective, taking a good B vitamins, um, getting like really, and we could talk about diet for days here but really like looking into more like uh, low inflammatory diets are our diets these days. There's a reason why it's called the standard American diet. And it stands for sad because it really is a sad diet. Like those guidelines are so off. I'm sorry, ladies, but they're so (laughs) off. Um, But like low inflammation. So um, reducing your intake of dairy. And if you are taking, having dairy, getting like the good full fat dairy, low fat is bad. I don't know why we ever went into that in a society, (laughs) but getting good full fat raw dairy, um, getting rid of gluten as much as you can. It's not good. It's great in sourdough uh, organic form, but getting rid of gluten as much as you can. Um, the other most inflammatory foods to our bodies and especially the crops in the U S are like corn and soy. So it's, um, making sure that you're eating, um, clean whole foods. So think when I say clean, um, organic, at least sourcing your organic foods from the dirty dozen, if you cannot afford, um, or find other organic foods out there, um, the dirty dozen can be found on the environmental working groups page. We can, I can link that for you too, as well. Um, and then ideally like, um, taking a good prenatal vitamin, regardless of where you are in the stage of your life, I always recommend at least a good prenatal vitamin, um, or a really phenomenal multivitamin, but, um, there's a couple of prenatals that I really love. One of them is needed. There's a smoothie format to it, like a powder that you could add into your smoothie. Um, there's also a capsule format, Um, But if you're buying a prenatal vitamin off the shelf at like Target or Walgreens or CVS, it's like, hey, pop this pill one a day. Um, You're not going to get the nutrients you need. And ritual is not going to get you the nutrients you need either. (laughs) Um, I love that one because I get spammed with it all the time. And I have women always asking me about that. They have a phenomenal marketing team, but they do not have phenomenal ingredients for your body. But like getting all of that and getting the right nutrients as a part of it um, can help you. 
I don't want to say fully like zero out the effects of birth control because that will never be the case, but it can help you like replete some of the nutrients that your body has lost in that setting. Um, and working on like stress, relaxation, recognizing that our society in the U S likes to go, go, go. We have coffee places that open at 5.00 AM because of that reason. But my friend, for example, who's in Europe today texted like a picture to me and goes, this is the only only coffee place open around 9 a.m. here. So you got to think about like how crazy our society is too. So figuring out how to balance um, and and really like, like balance your life now, like figure out what it is that you enjoy now. So when you have kiddos, you can truly still have yourself and what you love, but you can also expand your life to include them in too. And you're in great transition. So I was just going to say, if I'm sure we got some guys listeners. They might have tuned out, but we're going to keep you because we're going to kind of pivot for the last half of this on diet and nutrition. Cause this is something I could not be more passionate about. I mean, truly is my lifeline and that you mentioned ritual. That's funny because what's a pro. So I started taking seed probiotic and I don't know if yes. you know anything about them. Love it. Their probiotic has it's the best $40 I spend every month. And I never, I mean, it took me probably a year. I've seen so many bloggers see it. If you're out there listening, please sponsor me. I mean, it is so good. So that's sponsored too. Cause I recommend it to everyone. <laughs> you really? <laughs> yeah. I love seed. There's a couple of probiotics. I love, um, I like seed specifically because it's a prebiotic and a probiotic and the prebiotic feeds the good bacteria in your gut primes it for the probiotic bacteria to come in. And then it inoculates your gut basically at that point in time. So I really like seed for that reason. And they have a lot of research behind their strange. They, for the last, I don't know what's been going on, but for the last like two years, they said they've been coming out with like even a prenatal specific one, which would be phenomenal. Um, I don't, they haven't done it yet though. And like for different specific things, but they have just a general probiotic. Um, and then typically it's recommended to like shift your probiotic up every couple of months. But with seed, I'm more comfortable recommending like, Hey, if this is working for you and mm -hmm. there aren't any digestive problems going on with it, um, it has such a diverse number of strains and it has 50 billion CFUs, which most probiotics do not have that much. You might as well just keep doing it. Um, like my mom takes it too. I take it. I think my dad probably takes it now. Husband takes it when he remembers to. Um, but it's, I, I really, I like the, the program and it's actually, I think it's woman founded woman owned, which is kind of cool too. I am obsessed with it. And I, I mean, it's cool I, looking. yeah. And it always the green package that comes in the mail, but I never, I mean, Hey, if you're out there and you need a probiotic, it helped so I would get bloated all the time and I need to stay away from gluten. Cause I know that's probably half my battle, which it's mostly in like desserts. Like if I get a cookie or like go out and get pizza, I don't, yeah. I don't, eat like pasta things with gluten. Like I always do gluten free, free pasta, mm -hmm. but it yeah, but even sugar, like sugar is not great. That's another thing I didn't mention. Like sugar yeah. is inflammatory, Yeah, <laughs> but we're like, saying it's help. It helps you digest it. Yeah. It's, it, I just have noticed such a difference. And if I, there was like two days that I didn't take it. Cause I didn't have my shipment yet, which it's, I don't know what happened. Um, but I did notice a difference. And then once I started taking it again, it took like three days to kind of like readjust because my body wasn't used to it. But it was, I mean, it's amazing. And 
to take this a step further, I have always told people, which this is not medical advice. She will give you medical advice. What do you recommend for people out there that are starting to move towards healthy lifestyle? Healthy means a million different things. I've always like you been anti-diets. If people ask me how to lose weight, I'll never say keto. I'll never say this. I'll never say this. What's your standard. This is what I recommend eating. This is what I think you should do without jumping in and saying, get rid of everything that you've ever thought, because that's unrealistic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I'm not going to give medical advice here either, (laughs) but, um, like, uh, it goes back to that. Um, like the individuality aspect of it is that there's not going to be something that's right for everyone. Um, but what we do know in this space is that, um, they're like, I taught, I mentioned those top inflammatory foods. So that's typical for most people. But what we do, if if you were to choose, so the best thing you can do for yourself is work with a health coach or a functional medicine consultant to figure out what works for you specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, I cannot tell you how many times I have people that come in or clients that come in and it's, they're having like, so let's just take, talk about like overweight to start with. Um, we reduce their inflammation in their body. We figure out what they are sensitive to specifically by eliminating things and adding it back in. Um, and it's, it's essentially challenging the food, but at the same time, we're also detoxing them and then healing their gut. Um, like with probiotics, with good fiber, rich foods, prebiotics, um, and those types of things. And like, and like tons of vegetables, like we do not eat enough of vegetables in this world. Um, not, I, I'm not a proponent of being vegan or vegetarian, but I am a proponent of something that Dr. Mark Hyman coined as vegan, where you eat mostly vegetables, some meat, good source meat. Um, but figuring out what works for you from a diet perspective first, like look up the inflammatory foods. Um, I also um, looking at your lifestyle. So when you look at your lifestyle, you look at this, your stress levels, um, you look at how your sleep is going. Um, seven to nine hours of sleep is ideal. You shouldn't be waking up feeling groggy, call it having a hard time falling asleep at 10 PM should not be something that is happening to you. Waking up in the middle of the night at a regular time, every single time is not normal. There's likely something going on with your body in there. Your cortisol levels may be off. Um, and then also looking at, uh, like your toxins that you're bringing in. We haven't talked much on this at all here, but um, it's always something we bring up to like common toxins in um, the world, like, or the top common toxins everyday life are like, is the food that you're eating? Is it conventional or is it organic? Um, Your water supply, Mm -hmm. the cleaning products, hair products, skincare products you're putting onto your face. um, What's in your air? It's arguable in a lot of places that the air quality in your home is worse than the air quality outside of your home. So getting a good air filter there. Um, but the United States allows, um, okay, let me back up here. The European union, um, basically has a ban on thousands of chemicals, um, that can be used in the countries that are part of the EU. The U.S. has a ban, I think, on 10 or 11 chemicals. So let that sink in. Like, why are we allowing that to get in? And so, so cleaning that up and just making sure that you can, like, you control what you can control and you let go of what you can't control mm-hmm. um, is important in this situation too. So 
that's that's the the those main pieces there. And I think sometimes people get overwhelmed too, because there's again, so much information and it can feel overwhelming. And then I know for me, sometimes if I feel like I'm getting bombarded, I'll just shut down and then you do nothing. And most of the research and the things you hear are pretty standard, like eat more greens, eat more fruits, eat more vegetables, you know, lay off the red meat. If you eat a lot of red meat, I think there's just a lot of things that are standard. And it's funny too, when you, I had one of my work friends, I don't know if she might be listening. That's like, Oh, I'm doing keto. And I got on my like high horse a little bit. Cause I'm like, this is, it's just such a, and I'm not again, bashing diets. I just think it's a short term fix. Yeah. But it's short- not actually a fix. Yeah. Short-term fix to a long-term problem. And I know it's, it goes back to easy and what you it's, I want to look this way for my trip in Mexico in two weeks. And I understand that. And I, for me, if I'm going on a trip, I'll clean up my diet even more. Like I'll, you know, lay off the sweets or don't Mm -hmm. get chips and queso on the weekend or lay off the pizza or whatever it is, or don't drink alcohol as much on the weekends those are little things I'll do, but those are also things I know that I shouldn't be doing in the first place. But I just think these like overnight fixes just really, I get passionate about it because I'm like, you're, you, it's not benefiting you. Yeah. It's a short term. It's a bandaid to a long-term problem. Um, when I worked for Amazon, that was always something that we focused on is we never solved for the short term. We were always looking at the long-term ideally never putting a bandaid onto it. And it goes, that's, that's how our health, um, like how we should view our health as well which is why I'm so passionate about figuring out what works for you. Because when you when it comes down to it, you shouldn't have to feel, or you shouldn't be like, nice no, and shouldn't say you shouldn't be feeling. That's anyone can have valid feelings, <laughs> but um, it should not get to the point where like you feel like you don't have food freedom. Like mm-hmm. looking at it from an angle of like what you mentioned earlier, of I know I don't feel great when I eat these and I wanna feel my best okay, so what is it that makes you feel your best? And figuring that out person by person is important. And keto isn't bad. It's, it's just not great for you the entirety of your cycle. There might be a couple of days where going keto is great for you, like throughout your cycle. But, um, and then other days you might need to eat throughout the entire day, like, and up your carb intake because that's what your body and your hormone is signaling to you and you need. Yeah. And it, again, every person's different. And this is something my friends are like, you need to talk more about health and fitness just because it's something you're passionate about. And it's a lot of things. I just think sometimes I hesitate with it because it truly is. Everybody is different. I'm someone that eats five times a day. I've never been someone that eats three meals a day. And some people are like, why do you eat so much? I've just never, my body doesn't digest food in big portions very well. Mm -hmm. I immediately get tired. I get lethargic. I don't feel well. It's just, I just know that I just don't digest food that I would rather eat, you know, five or six times a day and just like pick at things or have a small salad and then I'll have chicken or whatever it is then like indulge. But there's also other people that are like, I can only do two meals a day. That's when I feel the best. Mm-hmm. Do that. And that self-awareness is extremely important to have. And it's figuring out the strategy to gain that self-awareness. And like, as a health coach, I'm tr- like, that's what I'm trained in is also figuring out or is helping someone transform their health through also like that change identification, that recognition of like what works for you, what doesn't work for you. Um, 
which is like what I love to do. I love to see when people have that aha moment go off. And I mean, I've had that a couple of times myself personally, which has been extremely helpful in how I live my life now around food and stress. Um, I mean, to be honest, like it's why I quit my corporate job too. Like I recognize it was not serving me. I finally said, okay, I got to do this. And, and I love what I do now. And sometimes it takes an event to, for me, it was an event where I just changed. I mean, I was just unhappy where I was in high school and that's what this switch flipped. And I think for a lot of people, it just takes something or it takes a run in with a health issue that makes you realize like, I don't want to be or feel like this anymore. And I always try to be on the proactive end of that is like, how do you get that on not the tail end of it? Like, how do you catch people before they get to that point where they're breaking to ultimately make that switch? I know it's easier said than done, but I just think the hardest point is like Mm -hmm. before the break happens. And if I, I always think about it, like if I could go back pre-MS, if I had known or pre-MS diagnosis, because I'm really don't think I have it anymore. Um, but if I had known what I know now, I like, I wonder like, would I have made those changes? I don't always think I would have, but if I had the right people in place at the right times that were like, and I knew the resources I had to have the help learning this information, like a health coach or a functional medicine practitioner, um, I might've been able to prevent some stuff, which is ideally what we get to in the functional space is that preventative care model. Like, okay, we can, if we, and if we can prevent something prior to that stage of life where you become a mom and then you have a family and we've taught how to be healthy to like for yourself, think about how much amazing work that we can do in the world as mothers and as fathers that are teaching our children to, to like identify um, and figure out what works for them, like teaching their kids, like what works for you? Like, how do you feel when you eat that pizza? Cause they're going to go to their friends' houses. They're going to do that. But uh, like creating that awareness is going to create kids that are just a step above, um, when it comes to recognizing things in this world. And it, it, I mean, it all comes down to choices and it's not to say that like, Oh, don't eat this or don't eat that. I just think it's understanding. And I'm the first, like, I know how things are going to make me feel. Does that mean I don't do it? No, but it's like, I, I know what yeah, I'm exactly. getting myself into. Like you, you probably do the same like, thing. I like, eat potato chips, like siete potato chips. I was eating them last night. And I was sitting there. I was like, I should probably like do a post on like, what do I do? That is that people would be like, I would never expect you to do that. Like I'm, you know, my favorite thing, <laughs> like, siete. I love it. And I, but I know the period of my, in my cycle that I'm, that I'm, I'm going to eat those and I'm going to want those. So I'm also going to wait till my period, but that point of my cycle where I'm like, okay, I'm going to binge on these today because <laughs> oh, I yeah. can and I yeah. want to. <laughs> That's another brand. See, I eat those chips. I, I don't know if I've had the kettle Are they like potato oh, chips. They have kettle cooked potato chips and they have like a couple of different flavors too. They're so good. Just be careful because <laughs> like they are, and they're actually like a good bang for your buck in the amount, like the amount that you get. They're cooked in avocado oil. So Ooh. it's phenomenal. Yeah. That's what I don't need to buy. I buy their cassava flour chips and I'm obsessed with them. Siete yep, for like salsa. Stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, those are seed and siete. Both start with an S. <laughs> All right. Well, as we wrap up this podcast, I, first off, we're definitely going to have you back. So much knowledge, so many things that I absolutely love to talk about. If there's one or two things that you would recommend to the to the audience are two little takeaways that you want to leave people like this is 
you know, the two things I want you to remember from this episode, whether it has to do with contraception or whether it's health gut, give the audience the two or three you can choose. Yeah. Um, I think that, so take a good prenatal vitamin. If you are a woman and you are in the preconception or even postpartum period of your life, if you have had kids and you're listening, um, take a good prenatal. Um, I love needed. We'll link it in the, it's called needed. Um, we'll link it in the show notes too. Um, but that would be one to help you with your nutrients Two, eat a balanced diet. And when I say this, like look into anti-inflammatory diets, Mm -hmm. um, uh, that just, just finding that balance there and that diet perspective also can help you eventually find balance in other areas of your life as well. You'll start feeling better, um, recognizing like, Hey, I might have more energy this way. And then I'm just going to put like a shameless plug in for the third one, work with a health coach. Um, even if it's not me, but I, I cannot stress enough how incredibly helpful it is to have a guide along the way to your transformation for health, regardless of whether you are wanting to conceive or just in general, feeling not great, feeling like crap, feeling like, you know, that there is more to this life that you have, you know, 70 to five, 75 to hundred years left on this earth. And you want to feel well during that time. Um, help working with a coach can help you figure out what that is. My goal is not to work with you for two years. My goal is for you to learn how to be healthy and then take that out into the world, um, to then share with your family and friends too. I love it. And before we get into what you're grateful for, where can people find you tips, advice, plug yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm mainly active on Instagram at Hannah Lynn Nicholson. That's H A N N A H L Y N N N I C H O L S O N. Um, and I also have, um, uh, there's a website page on Dr. Beard's website, which we'll put into the show notes, um, that talks about our fertility or, um, like preconception care program that we do. Those would be the two main pieces. And also on my Instagram, if you go to like the link that's on there in my profile, you'll find all the different pages, resources, um, everything like that. So that's how you can find me. All right. Well, thank you. Feel free to reach out to her. And the last thing, as we wrap up, we do this every podcast. What are you grateful for? Yeah. Amazing question. I love that one. It actually made me like sit down and think again the other day. Um, but so I, every single year I set an intention for myself last year, it was to grow. I grew a garden. I grew a baby birthed a baby. Um, this year I was looking back and I'm like, okay, my intention was balance and love. And I'm really grateful for, um, setting that intention in the beginning of the year. And then ultimately living that intention out. Um, I got balanced through leaving my career of eight years and building this new business, working with women. Um, and I, I love to do it, but I also have now the balance to spend more time and love with my son and my husband and my family. And so I'm just very grateful Um, to have that time back and to have this opportunity because they just, they grow very fast. And like, regardless of whether you have kids or not, you only get this one moment once. And I personally am thankful that I can enjoy each moment now. Yeah, that's so good. I always say too, when I do, what am I grateful? I always say my family, friends and my health, I think, 
yeah. lately, there's just been so many things with my friends and things back home where you kind of just take a step back. And I'm like, I'm really, am grateful for my health. I'm hate, you know, grateful that I'm here, that I'm yeah. all in one piece and the same for my friends and family. So thank you so much for this and Thanks. hope everyone enjoyed. Thank you. Bye, Erin.